Good evening for me, good morning for some of you, and good afternoon for the rest of you. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 176. That's a lot of weeks of doing this podcast. I am one of your hosts, Florence Ion, and I am joined by who else but the irreplaceable Andy Anadko. Hello, Andy. No. (laughs) Makes me feel good to hear you describe me as irreplaceable. Thank you. I'm Andy Anadko and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I tried with the cardboard cutout, uh, cardboard cutout, uh, but uh, it doesn't talk into the mic. Doesn't really work for the whole. So, so, so long as you don't see, uh, there, so long as you don't have one of those like body pillows that have the cre- these creepy things that have started showing up at comic cons where now you can get. Oh, like, I actually do have a body pillow like that. It's of an anime me. character from Bleach. Okay. <laughs> it's currently in a closet right now. Um, the reason it's in a closet is because the anime character is a fifteen-year-old boy. So anyway. <laughs> Which is it? Yeah, exactly. It's. So uh, we have a lot of developers conferences in our mists, which we are going to talk about on the show, on the show today, the episode, this episode. But uh, before we get into that, I do want to bring up that today I was with my Chromebook, as I usually am on a work day, and I realized that it's just not, no matter how much I convince myself, it's not like... It, it doesn't matter how much I convince myself. It is not the same thing filing, like editing photos and editing a batch of photos and like trying to be creative and do all of this stuff and trying to like write about an event with the pixel book. It's just that that photos thing. It's just the lack of the the desktop that mm. Windows, you know, the, the Windows machine that I have or like the Mac, you know, it's that last lack of desktop top workspace because there's a hard time talking uh that is really just left me forlorn yeah i i gotta agree with you the uh, now that the actual brand new uh ipad pros that apple announced last week are now landing in people's hands and also people have who got them early uh their embargoes are lifted they can write about them oh i know it's all over the internet So, so what, your your fourth or your fifth or perhaps maybe your sixth think piece is Apple wants you to think that this that the new iPad Pro can replace your notebook, but can it? No, it can't. And, it's the honest truth. Well, it it, it depends. It's see, I, I'm th- I'm thinking That's that the the, think piece. The, the iPad Pro and the uh, I, I have the I bought the 12.9 inch model like even b- uh, the day that it was announced, even before wow. I got my review unit. I said, guess what? I'm buying one of these because this is a, there is a there is a shape there is a hole in my heart, the exact shape and size of this 12.9 inch Mac uh, iMac yeah, uh, iPad Pro. And this will spackle it quite nicely. But uh, I think that the Chromebook, uh, the Chromebook Pixel that I have here and my iPad Pro share something in common. They can do about 90% of the stuff I can do on my uh, on my MacBook. And that's not only 90% of the things I do, but maybe even 95% of the time that I spend using my MacBook Mm -hmm. Pro, I'm doing Mm -hmm. things I can easily do on an iPad Mm -hmm. or on a Chromebook. But man, when you hit one of those tasks, one of those incredibly rare tasks that is just on the other side of the fence, marking the border of what is practical and possible on a 
non-desktop operating system based machine. Oh, it is a sad, sad, sunless day. I, but even I have to say, even just using this Android version of Lightroom, it's just like not mm. it's not the same. Like I just go in with the sliders. And by the way, I slide with the pixel pen because it's like you have because you still have to it's just easier to drag with your finger across the screen than it is to hold and click with the mouse and drag it across the screen and i'm like well why would i do that and so there's just all these little nuances um we actually had we actually got a little feedback from our show last week which i am happy about because i think that you and i are on this journey together of just trying to explore what is possible with the Chromebook. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we get to share this because, uh, because it's, I don't know why it took us so long, but it did. And we're here now because, uh, I, because of the problem, <laughs> the problem is that we I know that to talk, <laughs> talking to that, talking to that volleyball helped keep Tom Hanks sane in cast away. But it's nice if you have, when you're in this desperate, lonely yeah. uh, situation without any hope of rescue, there's at least another rational human being you're on the Island with or right. on the, or at least on another, even on an adjacent island, you can see that, oh, look, she's also like waving, setting banana fronds on fire and desperately waving it at ships. So I'm not dumb for having like found a problem with signaling ships with my flaming banana frond. So we actually uh, got a tweet from Maxim Lin on Twitter who pointed out that your idea to try and install the Linux edition of Skype on the Chromebook actually wouldn't work because yeah. Chrome OS's Linux sandbox doesn't see USB. And that is just... <laughs> to, to recap, la last week I was in a bit of a pickle because my MacBook Pro's uh, internal SSD had failed, and at that time I had not really rebuilt it to a point. Oh, no, I, I had to go to cover the, the Apple event and do a live podcast. In a pinch. Like, in a in pinch. A pinch. And so I wound up having to take a whole pile of stuff to reproduce what I could have been able to do with one machine if my, either A, my MacBook Pro had been working, or B, this wonderful Chromebook Pixel that I'd just been loaned a few days ago had the ability to connect an external microphone to it. Uh, and so I thought that after in desperation, well, maybe if I just install the Linux version, it will be able to see the USB port because I could not get the I could not get the Android version of of of, of Skype or the web version to see anything that had been connected by USB. And I'm still kind of upset about that, but a week has passed. I have had a pizza since then. I should be moving forward, and yet I'm still. A, tiny tiny little like raisin sized pellet of pure hate uh, for skype well does it have to be hate could it just be it's it's uh, let's say it's trust in the, it's in the same aisle of your grocery store where most hate products would be found so it'd be like that almond milk where it has nothing to do with cow's milk but they know that if you're looking for hatred you're probably going to be looking for it in the hatred aisle. So, yes, it's not hatred, but, again, it is a hate substitute that doesn't leave you so gassy afterward. Well, Andy, okay, so barring all that, moving on from <laughs> Skype, did you happen to get the uh, Chrome OS 70 update? Because I got mine today. I got mine just actually a couple of hours after I got home from checking out the Samsung developers conference and I'm still kind of like getting used to it. So did you get the update? 
Yeah, I got it maybe a day or two after we recorded wow, last week. Yeah, so it's not, actually, not as... I just didn't restart my computer for like <laughs> three weeks, which is really bad. But anyway, just speaks to the viability of Chrome OS and how it can just come back after being in standby. <laughs> you just open it and you for I forget sometimes to restart the machine. Yeah, and and the, the the people who design Chrome OS don't expect you to even be aware that there is such a thing as an as an OS update coming. Well, so, it's supposed to be like Android. It's supposed to be like as right. seamless as just like turning on the phone. And the thing is, I don't think to restart the phone, which is why I don't think to restart the computer. So anyway, yeah. that's why I am always without the latest <laughs> version. But anyway. But yeah, so so I, I have Chrome OS 70 really loving it because it's it took what to me felt like um, a ambitiously mutated version of the phone Android and made it work on this touchscreen sort of laptop-y sort of thing and made it look like something that had been designed to use be used by this big tablet-y sort of touchscreen-y laptop-y sort of thing. And yeah. <laughs> also the, the thing that had stopped me from being able to install Skype to be the Linux version of Skype to begin with was the fact that you download, <laughs> you if you, uh, the uh, in the previous edition in Chrome 69, if the uh, the files uh, the file folder, let's say the, the the folder that could be visible from the Linux box that was being virtualized inside there was totally separate from the directory that you've got your own files in. So you, I had to do a whole bunch of command line kung fu in order to get that that uh, that binary package from Skype. And so I could actually install it. Uh, but now they've said, you know what? Maybe hiding that file that Andy just downloaded via the command line past a random string of 50 to 60 characters and numbers in the path name, that might be that might be sort of putting too big of a strain on his uh, on his old mental noodle there. So why don't we just actually have in Chrome 70 a directory in the in the in the file explorer folder uh, app. Hey, here are your Linux files, and now I can just—I could just simply drag the file from one place to another. Still, kind of stinks that all of my personal files are in a folder called Downloads, but okay. So a lot well, of things are nice. So it does say like my files in the in the little, but then you open you expand my files in the little file browser, and it and then it just says Downloads folder. So it's just very <laughs> like, and I also, by the way, I have a fake my documents. So I like downloaded an extension to mount a my documents folder. And so, but I only, I'm afraid that I'm accidentally going to eject it because the eject button is right there, like prominently affixed to that line. Kind of like when you, you know, you put in an SD card or whatever. And so I'm afraid to actually permanently store anything in there. So I kind of only use it as like a scratch box or I guess a sandbox uh, where I put like, if I'm transferring files from an SD card, I'll put them in there before I kind of, you know, so that way I'm not storing 30 megabyte raw files on <laughs> what little room I have on the Chromebook. It's just, it's just really, I kind of like this little uh, check-in that we have going because we are both exploring the things about this operating system and how different it is from the daily machines, the, the machines that we usually use to get all of our, all of our work done. Yeah. And again, as much as I appreciate the capabilities of Chrome OS and how much I talk about how great it is of an operating system and a platform, this whole like, 
Are we a tablet interface? Are we a desktop interface? We've got to choose a path. And I knew, I know we weren't planning on getting this deep into it, but I just, you know, I had submitted a story last week based on like what I think Chrome needs to do to become kind of a desktop operating system. And I just keep thinking it doesn't feel like a desktop. It doesn't feel like when you're on the desk and you have all of your work just laid out in front of you and you have your pens and papers and, you know, all the different colors and things going on. And I want the virtual desktop, the one that's on the operating system I'm using to feel the exact same way. I want it to have that same kind of like tangibility. And I don't really have that with Chrome OS. I don't feel, it doesn't feel like a fluid motion when you're moving windows around the screen. It doesn't, you know, when you're clipping them to either side, it doesn't feel as seamless as like you would on a Windows machine. And there's just like all these little things. And I don't know, I I really... I would personally love to delve in a little more on the background of the people who work on Chrome OS and the user interface. I would love to just like learn more about the people who are working on this because I want to know, I want to know what the trajectory is. (laughs) And you can't just tell me it's a two-in-one platform that just like whatever expands and works. Like I want a lane to be chosen or let me choose a lane. So if I like start... totally didn't plan on going into this rant, by the way, it's just like, (laughs) but I just thinking, I'm like, you should let me choose. Are you setting up? Would you like a tablet based interface or would you like a desktop based interface? And it would be like the equivalent of how some sports cars have like a sport mode and a classic mode, like the sport mode, whatever tightens up the, the, the steering or whatever, but I don't know all my car mottos. Um, I just know it goes vroom, vroom and very fast. Uh, and you could turn corners better when you put it in sport mode. So I would like for the Chrome OS to have a sport mode where I can easily move windows around, where it feels like a windows machine. Mm. And that's where I'm at with that. Okay. I, uh, uh, you've you've been using these things uh, much more. You've had two much years. more stick time going, in there we're, than we're, I have. We're coming up on a two-year anniversary in February. Thank you, everyone, for gifts, by the way. We love chocolate, <laughs> me and my Chromebook. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, so uh, um, I disagree, though. I, uh, maybe, it's okay. Because, okay. maybe it's because I've been using the, that I've been using iPads for years as one of my primary computers. And okay. that if there is no computer that does a, a more emphatic job of we picked one thing. We just picked that we're going to be a touchscreen tablet machine. We will work with a keyboard because we know that some people are under the are over the age of fourteen and they do need to type things. But uh, we'll but we're not going to give you a trackpad. We're not going to give you the ability to sort of layer windows on top of each other. And that's not uh, not objectively a negative thing. It's the simplicity that keeps it pure and keeps it looking like a super polished product, but it also makes it a colossal pain in the butt in so many ways. And one of the things I'm really liking about this Chromebook over the past couple of weeks is uh, the fact that it is so flexible that uh, I've got a keyboard and a hinge and a screen. So when I needed to be taking notes for an hour, 
in an opera house in Brooklyn during Apple's presentation, I had this wonderful like laptop-y sort of thing when I was taking the, the train on the way home and I just wanted to like read a whole bunch of PDFs research that I'd done. It's certainly not as light as a, as an iPad, but I could get the, everything could get out of the way except for just holding this thing in my lap or, or on the tray and actually watching it. And, uh, the, and I'm not talking about, I know things that are unique to the Chromebook. I could also be talking about a lot of different windows 10 convertibles but just tonight was the first time that uh uh i'm i was uh i'm making uh i'm making cookies and that means tonight was cookie dough making and then putting the dough in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching uh, illegally pirated episodes of the uh, British TV game show Bargain Hunt with the I just simply folded the screen backwards on itself <laughs> to make that little easel and just put it on top of the TV while I'll say, OK, there's the dosh now. Go find a bargain. You know? And just as I'm mixing up like all my, my different batches of dough and stuff like that. And that would have been so difficult comparatively speaking on the ipad where i could only do that after get an easel set it up on the easel oh wait i'm sorry i forgot i was using this with my bluetooth keyboard on that table over there i have to make sure i disconnect it from the bluetooth keyboard because if it's still connected if there's something where i have to like type in a search term i'm gonna have to walk back to that table get that bluetooth keyboard or just it's i love the flexibility of this thing I don't. I think the difference is that whereas the iPad does what it does, in a, it, does, it has a limited sort of uh, uh, physical form to present mm-hmm. to the user, and it does that one thing great. I mm-hmm. think that the Chromebook does two or three different modes, and it does them very, very well, but none of them absolutely great. Uh, but uh, apart from wishing that I had my desktop grade photo editors like you, uh, I'm finding that having the the, the Android version of uh, uh, of Slack, having the Android version of uh, of Outlook that I can interact with as a more something more muscular than just yet another tab in Chrome uh, is working really really well for me. So for me, the honeymoon isn't over yet. But again, you've got more miles on the clock than I do. So this thing hasn't tried to kill me as often as. <laughs> As as your vehicle has tried to kill you at this point. Well, and I, you know me, I'm just I'm also a serial monogamist, so I'm really <laughs> in this relationship for the long haul. <laughs> um, I really am a serial monogamist, by the way. In case anybody was wondering, um, that is my profile. But um, I was just thinking, don't take this the wrong way, Andy. But I wonder if our feelings about Chrome have anything to do with our like normal day-to-day desktop proclivities, because you have, you're mostly in the Mac ecosystem. You, as, as far as I know, you enjoy the, the Mac world and I enjoy the windows world. And I just like, I'm a little bit country. You're a little bit rock and roll. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. Um, I think you're the one with the rock, all the rock and roll. Like, I mean, you're oh, the one I'm who sorry, got the free U2 album. Don, Don, Donnie and Marie reference. That's you're that you were you're oh, not. I expected. know Donnie and Marie. Okay. I know Donnie and Marie from daytime TV, uh, <laughs> which was their '90s revival. Uh, but yes, so I, I wonder if that has a little bit to do with it. I don't know. But we're we're gonna keep talking about this and. I'm going to keep, I really appreciate that we're both on this journey together. This is fun. This is like, like fitness journeys, but (laughs) not as awful for body image. 
So, you know. And on that note, we uh, should now let's talk about politics a little bit because that's yes. everybody else's favorite uh, yeah, topic. Something not something non-controversial. Extremely um, non-controversial. Well, just a just a couple of little things. Of course, this was, this was election week. As those of you who live in the United States who managed not to get your head in a block of cement to escape all the political robocalls and stuff, uh, I just thought it was really cool that. Google, they didn't even do like an election Google doodle. They just changed that enormous Google logo on the search page to just simply go vote, which is, uh, okay, it's a little bit, you know, okay, thank you, mom. <laughs> it's like my, my mom knows every, tries to know every detail about my life. She's just not good at, about monetizing it. That's all. Uh, but I, no, will, but that's, that's I will admit I was that cousin, that older cousin to my younger cousin where I was just bothering her yesterday. Like, did you vote? <laughs> Have you voted yet? Have you voted? <laughs> yeah i had, i did have i had to do a podcast with video and because every single my, my instagram was just like filled with people proudly Posting doing selfies their with their their i voted sticker i had to like go to go through the morning's breakfast trash and peel off a chiquita banana sticker and stick it there so people wouldn't think that one but are you gonna vote are you gonna vote like yes you see i i wouldn't have this sticker in this 720p low resolution screenshot yeah, you see, can see this is yeah this is my <laughs> civic duty right here it's no, a sticker. it was it was it was pleasant <laughs> to do that um and yeah i've <laughs> I will. The only the I'm not going to get this into a political discussion. I'm only going to say that I voted at around six thirty seven, got home, and from like seven thirty until an hour Dang, after I woke up this morning, the, I turned off all access to the news because I figured that the wire. Well, okay. Look, I knew I, the, I, the the here now. Here's the advantage of being. Sorry, being a, I'm not like, trying to shame you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Again, this this actually was going through my mind the other day, like as as I was walking home. That I, I'm I'm a, I'm a white guy, and as a result, there isn't anybody who's trying to suppress my vote. Therefore, if I know the polling place is open until I don't, I went earlier than that, but I think where they close at seven, eight, seven, whatever. I knew. Depends. I, I, okay, I, I knew that. Like, uh, I left the house at like five twenty or whatever, and it was like a mile walk away. So I knew that I would not need an extra hour to. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I do have a. I, I didn't shave on the day that I had uh, my ID photo taken, and I realized that I'm shaving here. But that's no reason for you to say that no, I will not let you vote. And no, I didn't have to go 20 miles to a polling place that had moved twice in the past. And like all I had, to, all I had to complain about was that it was raining pretty hard. But again, I had, I had an umbrella and I had boots on. And as I'm what walking home, I'm thinking that <laughs> again. <laughs> Thank, thank goodness I'm a white guy. Nobody, if, if anything, everybody, everybody wants to help me to vote. No one is trying to say, I bet I know how this white guy is going to vote. I'm going to try to make sure that he does not get to vote. Even though, even though his, his polling place is technically in Maryland because his district is so, is so gerrymandered. Oy. Oy. But so, you voted. But I, I, of course I voted. Um, but another, see, another thing where... 
realize that Google is a huge hyper monstrosity of an international tech conglomerate, but you like to think that there are little subversives finding ways to raise the red banner of revolution without having to get a whole bunch of approvals. Uh, and there was a screenshot making the rounds uh, yesterday. If you just Google for, quote, that senator who looks like a turtle, you get facts about Mitch McConnell. And not that, oh, look, there are people, uh, there are people on Reddit or whatever who says gosh he looks like a turtle i mean you get like the formal like card that says oh we know we, we, we you spell mcconnell wrong uh, with only one end There's but we know card? you're looking for this person oh the, wow. the card and like photos of him and as though if there's it's, a card that's like whoa yeah, that's like as, a that's a that, 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 that required malice aforethought as though the google search engine had been taught that one of his mitch mcconnell's known aliases is that senator who looks like a turtle uh and of course i couldn't help but uh, after verifying that uh, google search recognizes mitch mcconnell as that senator who looks like a turtle of course, I had to start searching for that senator who looks like a duck and that senator who looks like a kangaroo. Uh, but no, no luck. It turns out that only one uh, sitting member of Congress is so intrinsically linked to one zoological entity uh, that uh, no less an authority than Google is willing to stamp its approval upon. So sorry, Mitch, but that's what uh, if... <laughs> Remember, like that, everyone. There's people behind this algorithms. Exactly, and they're, they're all there are all kinds of ways to. If you're frustrated with the world, there you are healthy. <laughs> there are healthy ways, he said, coughing, <laughs> to to get to blow off that steam. Uh, Andy will return when he is uh, done <laughs> sucking from his cigar. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Speaking of Universal subversion, in 2018. speaking of subversion, a, uh, a little bit of an update on last week. We talked about the allegations against Andy Rubin and uh, what would be transpiring of, from that. And of course, what transpired was the day after we recorded our podcast. Google employees held a walkout. It started actually overnight while we were recording our podcast on Wednesday night uh, overseas. And it eventually trickled over here on this side of the globe. As soon as we were all getting up, so were the Google employees. And at 11.10 a.m. on Thursday of last week, uh, was that November 1st, right? Was that November yeah, 1st, so. right? Uh <laughs> forgot already google employees they they walked out so an estimated 20,000 workers walked out worldwide so around the world at all of google's uh, what 100 campuses i'm yep. probably yeah a lot of campuses uh new york times had a couple of follow-ups to the walkouts one mentioned that the google walkout organizers in their wrap-up spoke of solidarity with striking marriott hotel workers and on that note I actually walked by the Marriott Hotel workers today in solidarity uh, yeah. on my way home from Samsung Developers Conference. It's right there down by Moscone. Uh, interesting to think that the tech workers held for so long under control by management with high wages uh, and or being part of dream projects are beginning to show signs of unionization, which would be a huge cultural shift. And I know, Andy, we've kind of been talking about how to delve further into that, so... Andy and I are talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
just so everybody knows, uh, especially because it just feels like a really necessary time for this sort of thing, uh, particularly with how the company treats contract employees. Um, yeah, they vote. What are protections? Is, yeah, and this uh, I have so many friends who work for Apple or work for Google, but they don't actually work for Apple. They work for a contractor right. who works for Apple. So when things go awry, they can't. They don't get access to Apple benefits or Apple treatment or stuff like that. Or a sixty percent discount on food, which exactly. is what they get at Apple. From what I hear, yeah, I mean all this, all this sort of stuff. That's a, it's a smokescreen that lots and lots of companies are are using these days, um, and it's really. I would love to see this take off as as a thing. Um, New York Times, of course, was the uh, one of the matches that lit the fuse for all this with uh, their big article that preceded mm -hmm. the walkout about mm -hmm. Andy Rubin's ninety million dollar golden handshake uh, after disgracing the company the way he did. Um, and so they did, he, they did a couple of really nice uh, follow-up pieces and really talking about how, no, this wasn't a one-time thing. This wasn't a great, we blew off some steam and now it's out. Uh, they talked to a, a bunch of people and got, uh, uh, there is a uh, Claire Stapleton, she he, they talked to a marketing manager at YouTube. And isn't it great that they feel at least like it's okay to use our names in public that uh, there were a lot of, I, 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 uh, I read a lot of interviews of the, over the past week uh, and read a lot of tweets and social media. And the, by far the most uh, shocking stuff is when you're watching YouTube videos and stuff, audio interviews with people taking up to the microphone who you could tell these people have their, their they've been suffering in these jobs, uh, in this environment for so long. And it was taking an incredible amount of courage for them to stand up and talk about this publicly because uh, I, I won't, uh, I, I can't quote these uh, these women directly, uh, nor could I come close to uh, what they were communicating. But it's very, very clear that uh, they were so overwhelmed by the idea that they feel as though they have no voices inside the company and they feel as though they don't have uh, they, they can't be public about their complaints in the company because they don't want to be the nail that gets hammered down. And yet there they were in the most public place possible airing their grievances. And again, the, the strength of these people, it got me a little bit emotional to to, to be listening to stuff. Um, so anyway, so Claire, uh, Claire Stapleton is one of the people that they, that the New York times talked to, uh, saying some, she says, uh, something we've discussed as a group, something we've locked arms over is that we're assembled. Now we have an incredibly engaged group of people and we aren't going to stop escalating this. The group isn't really going to back down from this or a host of other things. The walkout was not like a blowing off steam exercise. Um, and the piece, um, I think it was Neelie Patel's, uh, I think she, he, uh, the title was, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, not Neely Patel. Uh, the water, yes. A Watershed Moment in Tech. Uh, uh, it's Farhad. Farhad uh, Manju. I'm sorry. Uh, watershed Moment in Tech. Uh, very shrewdly compared it to, uh, there was a time in Major League Baseball where uh, owners of these teams 
really treated all of the players like children and didn't really give them any power over how they did their jobs or how they were treated or how they were paid, basically saying that, hey, you're lucky, you're grown men who get paid a lot of money to play a child's game. But then they had a new organizer come in in the late 60s who said, no, you don't really have, you're, you're basically requiring these people to have jobs during the winter and keep healthy or else lose their contracts. Whereas if all these people were to go away, you wouldn't have an industry whatsoever. So guess what? You're going to start competing for their services. And hopefully we're, uh, I want to see a situation where a company like Apple or Google or Facebook, they can no longer steal the most productive eight to 16 years of someone's young lives by saying, congratulations, you're one of the 1% of the 1% of engineers who is good enough to work on the iPhone or to work on Google search. Aren't you fortunate and lucky? And oh, Really? You, you want to complain about that? Oh, well, I mean, there are 400 people who would love to have your job. But I mean, if you I thought you're a team player who wouldn't you know, who really understands the importance of working weekends and not seeing your family and not starting a family. But maybe you just weren't one of those. Driven. We need unions. Uh, Studs Terkel, if you're if that name is new to you brilliant Chicago broadcaster and columnist. Uh, and he, uh, his lifelong thing was talking to people who are just workers in all works of life. And he tells a story about, uh, especially as he became an older man and had the, had the earned society's right to be peculiar in front of younger people <laughs> and see about talking, walking up to people at uh, young people at bus stations and saying, you know, what time do you go to work today? 9 a.m.? And you got to leave at five, right? And did you have to work on the weekend? Nope, we got both days off. Well, thank the labor movement of the 30s for that, because that's what people died for, to give you that right to do that. So I'm hoping that we will see, uh, and I, I hope that we will see the ability of all these tech workers to provide a united threat, I should say, not a violent threat, but basically power of tens of thousands of people to really shut down your company if you are persistently not listening to problems that are making it a, a horrible place to work. Here's a quote from uh, Celia O'Neill Hart, who also works in YouTube's marketing department. Uh, quote, uh, I think what we did was disprove the myth that it's too hard to take collective action. Uh, she described the meticulous way that she and other organizers of the walkout distilled the thousands of discussions flowing through their group into a list of demands. Their secret? Ironically enough, Google's own technology, quote, I was getting hundreds of pieces of feedback on these demands, but ironically, thanks to Google's products like Google Groups and Docs and Comments, I was able to get this constant stream of real-time feedback from a collective group of hundreds of Googlers all while doing my day job, unquote. Uh, she noted, too, that many Googlers had been hired for their work endless hours drive. Now that drive was marshaled in the service of a movement. Beautiful. Some, sometimes you believe in God because irony like that <laughs> is crafted like a fine watch. You, you see the hand of a divine power at work there. Yeah, you know what? I think that is I think that's a good way for us to actually go into our ad. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Whilst you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers didn't click that buy now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck. 
but that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. And more importantly, when it's not, you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're smart, too. They'll get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it, whether that's one person or your whole team. They are dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your site breaking. Start monitoring your site today. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Developers 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 developers, 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 Do you have to be a certain age to understand that reference? No, you don't have to be. I think you have to be a. I think you have to be a tech head. Actually, no, you're right because this YouTube generation is, doesn't know anything about Steve Ballmer, which is too yeah. bad because yeah. you really missed out on some. You missed out on when tech villains were comical and not actual villains. That, kids, that was so long ago that uh, you're not that Bomber is a villain, villain, but kind of no. We'll just uh, he's, he's, no, just, he's we'll really just, intimidating. We'll 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 just mention that a lot of problems that everyone had been making fun of Microsoft for having Happened seemed to go away when he left. That's all yeah, we're saying. Okay, exactly. That may, uh, may, and I, I understand that. Of course, HR they you have to give an exit interview. Maybe he just let, it was a hell of an in, exit interview and saying, you know what I would do to turn this company around if I could, if I really had a position of power at Microsoft, unlike the position that I was in, which is adjacent to the position of, then maybe they just followed his routine to the letter. But yeah, uh, imagine not in uh, not an animated GIF or in uh, a YouTube video. This is probably real player or even motion JPEG of Stephen Ballmer in a powder blue work shirt that's pitted out stains trying to get a developers conference really riled up by uh, we're not exaggerating simply shouting the word developers 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 all over again while running across the stage as though he was a five-year-old boy who had been asking santa since october for nothing more than developers and then he saw under the tree on Christmas morning a package that could only only contain developers. And he was so tiny, excited he couldn't even open the package. Developers. He was just running. That's the sort of thing. Or you could Google it and find it out. But One of them, so there's actually three developers conferences. So one of them is called Afrotech, and that's starting tomorrow. Um, and then today we had the, today when we we're recording this podcast is on Wednesday, November 7th. Today we had the Sam Samsung Developers Conference, and the keynote was today, so the beginning, and we also had the Android Developer Summit on the Google campus. So there were things going on on opposite sides of uh, the Bay Area locales, but because I can't be in all places at once... Andy is going to help me cover what <laughs> happened in the South Bay while I talk about what happened in the West Bay. 
So, but and Andy I, doesn't even live here. This is yeah, great. This was this was another one of those things where I could either I, 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 there was no consideration. Andy, it costs way too much to live there. here. You're, exactly. you're fine. It, it Just, costs way too much to even yeah. fly there and stay there a couple of nights now. I mean. Even if you were to like stay here, it would cost you a lot of money just to, like commute in. So you're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's. But so so, but also means that if I'm home, I can actually like be in bed and like watch your jammies and, and eat and, pancakes exactly. exactly. And, and watching, which is why I was not happy to leave the house this morning. Like I had to get up today at six forty-five. Can you believe that? Yeah, I was that's... out of the house before nine. I was out of the house at eight oh five. Who am I? Anyway, I know. Let's go. Sorry, you're, you're, you're going to lose your, <laughs> your 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 blazer badge and membership card and the freelancers of America. You're not supposed to. <laughs> all your relatives have this image of you like being in your pajamas until two and showering. Incidentally, <laughs> I immediately got when I got home. I immediately got into like my pajama romper and like <laughs> see my flannel, and I'm like just. Anyway, you look like a trendy Maine hunting guide. <laughs> That was a very cool uh, shirt. I actually have an extensive collection of flannel shirts. I just would like everybody to know. Flannel is one of my favorite things. A holdover from the 90s. Anyway, so, it's Google so, Developer so, Summer. So, 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 I watched, so I watched both the Google's <laughs> key, Google Developer Keynote and the Samsung Developer Conference Keynote. The Samsung one was bonkers. It was. Okay, I was there. Yeah, I, um, I have the so much sympathy so, for you. So... Do you want to start with that? Let's actually start with Please. Samsung since we're okay, already yeah. rolling into it. Um, so I went to the developers conference. It was a completely last minute decision. I didn't know if I'd be able to go because um, I have had this other project that's been happening and I've just been basically been like waiting for edits and nobody really needs me right now. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go. So I didn't need to tell you that story, but I did. <laughs> so I went, I was like, I need to get out of the house. So I put on clothes and some makeup and I packed my bag and I even packed my like little personal work journal thinking I would get personal work done. Nope. <laughs> um, and I went downtown, I went to Moscone and it was laid out a lot like Google I.O. when it was held at the Moscone West. And I haven't been to a Samsung developers conference in a couple of years. I think the last time I went was 20. I think I stopped there briefly in 2016, but no, not even 2015 was the last time I went. So it's been like three years and it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot more expanded. You can really tell how much the ecosystem, how much Samsung has grown this ecosystem in the last three years. Samsung is its own platform. Let's make that clear. It is a rival platform. And I, I mean, this is my, this is my journalistic opining, but it is a rival platform to Google as far as I see it, even though they had made so many announcements today that we're trying to unify it with the Google platform. For instance, there, they announced a new, uh, one UI, which is kind of like the replacement of what we all used to call TouchWiz UI, which was the interface that we would see on the Galaxy S devices. And so this new interface, which uh, I have pictures of, which I was, I am going to do a comparison. Um, I'm kind of just working on that one right now, but it's very interesting to see how it's shifted to kind of match more of like the Google material theming vision. And how that matches the overall vision of where like interface and UI UX and UI design is going for smartphones. So it's very, it's just very interesting to see all that as like a bigger picture. So, but the actual keynote was bonkers. It was very blue. 
It was held in the usual area where they have the keynotes at Moscone. And it was bright. They had like a lot of bright lights. DJ Ko was there and he is just an absolute delight to watch on stage. He is one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite high profile tech executives to watch on stage because he just has a really great voice. Um, and you really believe that he just loves this brand. Uh, and I'm not usually like, I'm not personally always into whole, like the whole, like this brand, but I love the way he loves, like he seems to just love his, I don't know. It's just, He's, he's got he's got a good air about him. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got a certain personality about him. Yes. He he does, and which is which is good, which is good to have, and it's a really good thing um, for Samsung to have. Honestly, it's it's good to have like a face, uh, a face of the brand, so to speak. And so they had showed off. Uh, they had talked a lot about. Bixby and the vision of Bixby and how they would like Bixby to exist in this world of virtual assistants and bringing up, you know, the point that like virtual assistants, you know, they're still half baked. They're not like fully there, kind of like throwing a little bit of shade to the whole like Google and Amazon Alexas of the world. And I just kept thinking like, uh, the Thoth protest too much. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Because when I am using Google Assistant, like, yeah, I totally know how limited how limited it is. I am frustrated by it every single day. But I'm also like, this is great. Like, today, like, when I was walking downstairs, I was just talking to the house to set up the lighting situation for me. You know, it's that sort of thing just becomes a part of your life. And Bixby is not there. So I think where Bixby is going to go is in the direction of just overall, like, this overall user assistant that not only assist you with your connected devices, but also assist you with what's happening on your phone. I think the idea is also to like make it easier to come over to the Samsung way of things, you know, make it an easier transition. And so they didn't really give a demo of any of this though. They just, a lot of the keynote talked about things in, uh, not in specifics. Everything was just kind yeah. of, a, just the ethos of everything. It's like the ethos of Bixby is like, this is how this is gonna, it's going to exist in the space. Here is a video with some very handsome people in it talking about eating, eating an how enormous it's going to work. Donut. In the fridge. Who puts a donut in the fridge? Well, I'm just like, that appalled me. That alone appalled me. Also, you, you don't got to be Fellini to make certain. I, I'm just saying. He takes one bite of it and drops into a sand dune. I don't know. It was a sandbox. Uh, oh, also, sorry. look, I just want to say, and I know that I sound, you know what? I'm not going to even apologize. I just feel like there were so many men on stage today and not even on stage, but also like in all the promo videos they were using, it was all just like really good looking guys mm -hmm. that were like, these are developers. And I just want to say, like, I know, I know there are women out there because later on in the day when I was on the little show floor, the exhibit floor that they had, I went over to the UI booth to check out the new UI. And there were um, a cluster of female developers all like sitting around and they took out like their S9 and they were comparing the interface. And I just like, I just stood next to them and soaked it all in because I was like, this, see, this is anyway, that's what the demographic is. Anyway, <sighs> 
So they did a whole long like ethos. Here's the ethos, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what we're about. Uh, then they also had a tie trick, which I actually missed. <laughs> I missed it because I was looking at my computer when it happened. It was it was the most bizarre thing. So they so one of the big announcements was that they're opening up Bixby to developers. So now yes. you can create your own AI powered whatever. Basically, an action like you right. would on a Google Assistant. Right. Or- uh, some, something that. If Apple were talking about it to developers or if uh, at a keynote or if Google were talking about it to developers, they would spend maybe three minutes. We would at least see some like like, they did have a little bit of a code demo. No, see, this this is this is is what I'm this is what I'm getting at. They would (laughs) they they know that, hey, we've got you here for a few days. Obviously, there are going to be some sessions. Here are the broad outlines of how it works. We're going to give you power to do this, 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 and a whole bunch of things. And as as they say, the the phrase and a whole bunch of other things, there'd be another slide with like 100 phrases on it that you are programmed to see the thing that you are most interested in and you'll take away so they decided to do it was a long long bit of the philosophy of what they wanted to do and then the guy wanted to do a coding example like you said what what coding example was it andy well what um, was what was he booking he was booking vacations uh, and activities on the moon Oh no no no! On Jupiter. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe he. I think he rejected the moon. I'm. I was. See, I again. I'm not. I'm not a professional like corporate communicator. I'd be thinking you've got developers in the audience, and you've also got like press and media in the audience. What about Malta? Perhaps, like Malta is a beautiful place. It's on yeah, Earth, or, or and it's affordable. So, like I could go to Malta. I well, can't go to Jupiter for two hundred thousand a night. Uh, That's what. So, if you That's if you could if, if you could get the commute to San Francisco from Jupiter down to less than six hours, the commute to San Francisco is twelve dollars versus two hundred thousand a night. I'm just saying. But yeah, see, uh, you would think you would think they would say uh, you're familiar with Expedia and you're familiar with like Wikipedia and all. That. Sure. Watch us watch us create an action that will com- combine uh, tourist information from all these different sources to give an answer. It's like no, we're gonna let's pretend that there's rocket ships to Jupiter and let's pretend there's a zero gravity. Oy. And then they wanted to show us how how you could program to book a room. So it was all about like, and they mentioned like commerce and customers. I think in the sentence afterwards, to which I was just like, seriously, like I know that this is a developer audience, but like at least make it sound a little less like reaching your customers. Like I don't know, you know, just put put a nice screen in front of us. It makes it makes it sound like you've done like an if this then that sort of workflow, but the see and now I think that either this uh, this uh, executive or maybe the person who put together this keynote has seen a lot many 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 too many episodes of Shark Tank because this is how he ended it and <laughs> in the most stilted way manageable, saying the thing is with other. Artificial intelligence, and he brings out like a roll of duct tape. It's a, it's a patchwork solution, mm-hmm. and tears it off and like sticks it like on the front of his black uh, black shirt, and puts like a Bixby sticker on it that just sort of like temporarily holds it together. But with your help, developers, ooh, and then the, the the duct tape turns into like an actual like silver necktie. You can do something that is more polished and professional. <laughs> and I'm like. Dude, 
even uh, even when Neil Patrick Harris tried to do a totally unnecessary magic trick while hosting the Oscars, that bombed. And he's Neil Patrick Harris, who's a lot more charming than you are. Just don't don't if you're trying to do a magic trick during your presentation and you're not demonstrating the new magic trick you've developed and will be available for sale, don't do a magic trick during your presentation. Also, don't play the ukulele and don't do lighting effects. Just tell us stuff. I do want to say that I, I think the thing about the to remember about Samsung is that it is uh, a very business forward company. And so I think a lot of these keynotes are outlined to and it is particularly a developers conference. It's really outlined to for like partnerships and for it's very business facing. It's it's a very businessy. But it's a very different feel from Google I.O. Google I.O., I think part of the reason it's so fun to cover as press and why it's so fun to go as a developer is because it feels like a giant party for a bunch of fans. <laughs> it, that's why people, you know, that's why we all lovingly refer to it as like the Disneyland of Google because they do make it feel like that, um, which is, again, just part of being in Silicon Valley. That's the Silicon Valley way. <laughs> is is I mean honestly, uh, so anyway yeah that was that was the keynote it uh, it had that was at least the Bixby part and then we also had the thing that everybody's been talking about that quite frankly I haven't really been too buzzed about because I just I, I, know. I you're, yeah you're you know on, you're on record as not being too jazzed about folding phones no I'm but not the, but, but at least the presentation of their their what they're calling the Infinity Flex display that was. Not as unfortunate as the necktie magic trick, but so you, I think, I think you nailed it on the head. So Andy actually wrote our notes, and he wrote. I'm going to read it to you because I think Andy put it perfectly. They literally turned off all the stage lights, so you could only see the phone sample in silhouette. Very true. So you just saw like the silhouette of what looked like a tablet display. Reaches, reaches into his jacket pocket pulls out and then like the lights completely go down and all you can see is what looks like something as thick and square as like two cartons of cigarettes taped end to end exactly you, and you can get no idea of like how what the actual contours of this thing are uh, and then or what the display actually folds like or if it has like any creasing or anything like there's right. no there's no indicator of that but but you can so he, he takes he takes it out and the screen now this is the only thing you can see in the live cast because it's the only light on the stage even the guy is completely silhouetted out so you see what looks like maybe a two-year-old format display yes. in the middle with a huge bezel at the top and what Extreme. looks to be a huge bezel at the bottom uh, and it's like a it looks like an app launcher and then he unfolds it like a like it like it's a book fold and so the, the folding screen is now inside that hinge and he opens it up to reveal what looks to be like kind of like a seven inch diagonal square screen uh, oh, I'm sorry. It was like a lock. I'm sorry. It was a lock screen that was on the outside, and then we opened it up. It was also a lock screen, and he. It's not as though he ran us through a bunch of apps. I think he accidentally hit the home button or whatever and took us into the launcher while it was open. But 
you did not get to see anything about how this works. If it weren't for the fact that I think he accidentally hit the launcher, he they could have basically had a special effect there is just put a slide, put like a transparent a color transparency on the outside and the inside. And they did some sort of fumbling. And of course, we're, we're obscuring the design of this thing. So you don't see the incredible industrial design that we've got planned for. And you, you just... If in a TV show when they recreate this, there's going to be just sort of this like little montage as he's reaching into the back of everybody, all the engineers behind with 12 different samples of this, and they've identified letter C and letter L units are the two that are actually working today and saying, Sir, now when you open it, you can't open it too fast, you can't open it too slow. For God's sakes, if you gotta touch it, touch it on the bottom because it's not gonna it's not gonna seal at the top. You know this thing just looked sketchy as hell. And for the purpose of getting people excited about a folding display, it did nothing. It is it is what I would I in college. If there was some sort of a project on a class I'm totally not interested in and did not have time to do anything for and had to do something that I know the professor or the TA is going to say, wow, you really threw this together this morning, didn't you? That this was the difference between handing in the project for partial credit. He knows I I totally did not get this thing finished. I know it didn't get for, but at least I'm going to get like a C instead of an F for the project. That's how impressive this demo was. So we actually have a couple of specs that came out um, for this, at least with regards to display specs. So the cover display, which is the display that's on the front, the one that we saw when the phone was supposedly folded together, is 4.58 inches. It's a 21 by 9 ratio panel with a resolution of 1960 by 840 and a pixel density of 420 DP, uh, PPI. So so basically what Samsung Excuse is saying me, is that not not everybody wishes that we were back in the days when Obama was president, but if you buy this phone, you will have a display that will bring you right back into the days of hope. 2009, 2010 maybe. <sighs> You'll be right back there. And so the larger display that unfolds is 7.3 inches from the corner. So from corner to corner with a ratio of 4.2 to 3. So not exactly 4 by 3, but uh, resolution is 2152 by 1536 with a pixel density of 420 DPI. So it's, you know, it's the tablet form seems a little better. It seems like akin to what you would get on like a Tab S3 tablet, which is Samsung's lineup of tablets. It it looks like a useful size and useful shape. Sure, but the small bit is the one that just seems extremely archaic, at least in the realm of what we have going on now. So, I, I mean, it's just, I saw it as more of Samsung just saying, look at what we did in our labs and less of, oh, look, this is a revolutionary new thing that is going to happen. I think it was just Samsung's moment to say, haha, we did it. We did it better. We did it first and we did it better. We did, we did it better first. That's what they were trying to say today. 
It's like it's like the race between the Russians and the United States to let, it'll be the first Go people on the moon. <laughs> yes. And it's like and when it became but the really, Russians did it. <laughs> well, but, well but when it became clear that the Russian moon program was not going to work whatsoever, there were rumors that they were just going to fire like a rocket on a ballistic trajectory that would crash into the moon so they could just say that okay, technically speaking, we crashed something on the moon at least a year before the United States safely landed two people on there, hit a couple golf balls. Rest in peace, like the space dog. Exactly. <laughs> oh well. Uh, so again, again, not not incredible. I will I will say that I'm kind. I'm really interested in the idea of folding phones. Uh, I'm making fun of the Obama era form factor of whatever screen was on the front of that. But it would be very interesting as the sort of thing where that screen is just there to tell you the thing that has just happened is it worth my unfolding this phone or not or can i can i action on this alert that just came up just click on a reply and type type send without having to unfold this or not so there are a lot of nice things Uh, to be honest uh, uh they just like when motorola co-developed with google the idea Mm -hmm. of a round screen for uh for android watches uh, Samsung was mm. in close contact with Google to talk about, well, let's make sure there are APIs for this mm-hmm. for folding display. So today was which also a great segue, which is a great segue. <laughs> um, so, so actually the way that Google talked about it succinctly, directly and clearly and choosing their shots with precision uh, was, was actually a lot more interesting. They were making the point that uh, it's not just, hey, guess what? And we've made it so that if you as developers want to support Samsung's crazy new folding phone that they will make maybe 10,000 units of and only sell in South Korea for a year before it's five years gone by and you've forgotten totally about it. We're creating this entirely new device style uh, for use in development. Uh, and it's a new method. They're calling them, quote, multi-screen displays. Which is interesting because, again, mm. not just handling the transition between, oh, there's a screen of, on, on the outside, we unfold it, now we move to a screen on the inside. Essentially, the idea that what if you, what if you have objectively, uh, uh, sorry, in an abstract sense, a, an application that is functioning across more than one screen or more than one device at a time, how do you handle the transition between when the user's focus stops being on the phone and is now on the smart display? Or uh, what if you do have something like, uh, imagine a future version of the Chromebook where there's sort of like an embedded tablet on one side uh, so that while it's closed, it can do one behavior. And then when you do see, oh, look, there is an action that I really want to complete on the next, uh, I want to complete with a larger screen and the full user interface. It's doing something more sophisticated than simply switching Apple, switching window size and view size, but simply uh, they they made it sound as though uh, they were being... Uh, as complicated as uh, Apple has a feature they call continuity, uh, so they were uh, Google was calling this quote screen continuity that you have you, you can have discrete devices that are basically projecting different elements of the same app across two different screens. So you think about it, it, I really enjoyed that because it really got me thinking about how well this stuff could really work. Um, this is something I've been uh, I had been talking about a long time. Uh, in terms of complaining about the OLED display on the MacBook Pro, uh, 
but I will adapt this for the polite conversation about how well <laughs> how well multi-screen displays could work. Like I always thought that isn't it? It's kind of a missing missed opportunity when you have um, you have a notebook and you have a really good smartphone or you've got a tablet. And wouldn't it be great if uh, I've got Photoshop on my phone or on my my iPad or on my Android tablet? I've also got Photoshop on my MacBook or on my my Mac Pro here. But if it sees it, oh wait, you've got an iPad with that also has uh, uh, Photoshop on it. If you just click this button here. Uh, I will light up that screen and use that screen as an as a pen and input device and also give you like color mixers that will work on that. And no, it won't be like Bluetoothing between each other. It'll be almost as if this entire this one experience is being stretched across two displays, not one window, but we know what what's what, what the phone does well and what this desktop does well. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do about that. Uh, it's uh, obviously they're going to be talking a lot more about this. And because they're not dummies like Samsung, they decided not to spend 45 minutes walking us through the grand pageantry of every single screen Samsung has ever designed for anybody ever. Oy. Actually, I, I did, I, I last, well, sorry, last, last comment. I, it did make me think, it made me realize though that uh, Samsung, they, they are the hog butchers to the world when it comes to components. So maybe it wasn't so much just a demonstration to developers, but a demonstration to fashion sports watch makers, Basically, everybody who wants to make a display that doesn't that's necess, not necessarily going to be on a flat surface. That by the by the way, be crazy now, and we can we can build you a display that wraps around the handlebars of a bike. We can do that now. Oh, great! So now I can get all of the world's worst news delivered to me <laughs> as I'm enjoying a beautiful sunset on my beach cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that is my future dream. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think we've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up for us tech heads. And I, I have to just say, uh, you know, before we close out on a bit of other, you know, little bits of news that it was really nice to leave the house today and to go to a developers conference and to just be in the excitement of tech and to just be in that that air, I guess I just haven't really been in it for a while. I've been kind of, you know, at home incubating with my writing and such. And I think being out there and being just surrounded by it really, I just kind of miss, I kind of miss it because I just feel like there's been a lot of, I mean, honestly, I have gotten a little, it's been hard for me to just gush as much about tech as I used to, because I feel like it's such a, I mean, I feel like it's such a, first world thing. I'm just like, Hey, this is just like a thing. Like, but I am still like a big fan of all this stuff that's being done because I see how this is all going to like change our lives as humans. And this is effectively how we're all evolving now. So it was just like, I don't know. It was just, it was a good air. It was a good, you know what? It was a good developers conference. It was very, it's very organized. The sessions were interesting. I didn't really stick around for most of it just because I, live super far and I had other things to do, but I think I really see where Samsung's going. And I think we have to just start looking at it as a platform and maybe, yeah, it's Android, but I think it's becoming somewhat, I would say it's Google adjacent. It's based on Android, but it's Google adjacent. 
Yeah, and also Samsung is the number one maker of, of Android phones in the world. They're the ones who they have doing... incredible brown power too. Yeah, in that realm. So yeah. they're they're doing what Google can't, which is to manufacture enough phones that anybody who wants a top tier Android phone can actually find one and buy one. Uh, and they actually advertise, which is a really nice thing to do if you're trying to get six hundred to eight hundred dollars out of someone minimum for a phone. Um, one thing I'm worried about though is that they don't have a great track. They have a, they have an almost impeccable track record for being the first to market with stuff. They have a somewhat spotty record for making things in such a way that it doesn't suck when they release it. Yeah. Uh, I refer you back to, I refer you back to again face recognition that could be fooled by someone in the demo area of the phone they just released. They they just announced taking a picture of them a selfie on their own phone and then holding that picture up to the brand new face recognition feature and tricking it into unlocking for. And you can go back and back and back. So uh, I sure don't want to be one of the first people to own one of Samsung's new folding phones. I'd be really keen to use the first Apple phone, let's say, that sources these panels from Samsung, or maybe the third or the fourth generation of Samsung hardware that runs this. But oh, that'll be the day. Yeah, <laughs> but you're but you're absolutely right. It's it's one of the things that keeps me uh, a happy happy member of this uh, tech journalism profession is when I see things like, oh, wow, so what if we abstract even the idea of a display so that we can spread the experience simultaneously? It's not just mirror screen mirroring. It's like this thing on your watch is going to be the thing that will inform you of a process that's still going on. Somewhere. It's all these cool things you could do with this. If So long as it doesn't turn into, hey, we found a new way to market the next version of this gadget that makes it stand out from everybody else's simple version of this gadget. Uh, but when people actually start getting excited about how they can push everything forward, uh, that's a that's a really, really slick, slick feeling. Um, Shall we quick hits wrap and, up? Yeah, let's just, we, there's, there's nothing we, we can't talk about next week because we had too much fun talking. Um, we should just close out maybe by talking about the developer summit, just quick hits. Uh, the good news for users being that, uh, a lot of stuff that we've been looking forward to ever since they, they were demonstrated at Google IO this year are finally showing up, uh, slices, uh, is now finally going to start to show up. This is that feature where like, if you're using Bye something in the search page, yep, <laughs> that's, <laughs> Uh, and uh, and also uh, there's the next year's version of Android Studio will work run on Chrome OS, so you can have a Chromebook next year. Next year, exactly. That can be that can not only run uh, develop Android software, but can develop software for itself, which is something that I don't know a single iOS developer who loves their iPad has not wanted to be able to write iOS software on the device itself. So that could be kind of fun. That could, uh, you know, we've got, we've got stuff to look forward to. Yes. As I see, we're, uh, we're recording this on the day after election day. So I can say in the broader sense, yes, we've got lots of stuff to look forward to. Yes. I, I woke up at like uh, at the crack of nine twenty AM. I delayed reaching for my phone to check the news. And then I check the news and say, wow, this could, this is, I've got things to look forward to. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you know, we should probably we should probably let 
people know what they could look forward to or where they could look forward to checking you out, Andy, on the internet? <laughs> well, they can check out my butt. I've been doing uh, yoga recently and I've been told that it is a firm little apple now. No, it is not. Sorry, I just... I, I did that to get a laugh out of everybody listening to this. Even uh, I snorted into the mic. I, I, appropriately, so. exactly, exactly as I intended. Uh, hit me up at. Uh, but you know, I've go- heard that before. By the way, in a yoga class, like I've heard people talk about, like we get it. You're toned. Anyway, I sorry. Go. I see. I've. I've. I've we a, get it. You can do a handstand. Like we yeah. get it. You know what? A a yoga studio just opened literally across the street. If I were to look out my window right now, I could see they haven't opened yet, but the sign is up and they've got. So it's like I might have to start taking yoga lessons because now it's like yoga's great, by the way. Yeah. I I just don't want it to be one of these places that thinks that, oh, you mean you get cancer screenings? That's just what the medical profession wants you to do. Here, take this emerald and like stick it up your nose and that will clear out all the bad karma of the nor do I just I just want to like learn yoga for like stretching and just little stuff. Anyway, sorry. Uh, But anyway, uh, check me out on Instagram. I'm a not go there. Check me out on Twitter. I'm a not go there as well. And I'm still trying to fix a not go.com. I'm just having too much fun doing actual work and ducking the responsibility of saying I need to fix some PHP scripts, which I know is exactly what I was hoping I'd be doing at this point in my life when a eager, plucky, innocent youngster went through the gates of Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute Intending to combine a career in journalism and creative writing. PHP scripting, Andy, that's what you're going to have to do. Well, I am not doing any PHP scripting at florenceion.com. So if you'd like to visit <laughs> florenceion.com. Can I, can I post stuff on your blog? Because your, your blog works. <laughs> it does. And actually, uh, I will be posting about my little trip to the Samsung Developers Conference today. Yay up on florenceline.com. I'm trying to get into the habit of blogging more. You know, you know, it's just good practice. It's just good practice. Good and practice. Pe- a lot of people are in their offices who want to not be working until at least 940 and they need stuff to read. Yeah, That's also true. That's also true. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thanks everybody for tuning in this week. And uh, I also just want to say a special shout out to... Jim, our editor, we just yes. want to thank him for for being for being Jim and for editing us. Thank every week. you for being a Jim, editing Perfect. podcast every now and then. See, you even get your own theme song because we love Jim your so much. Your ears are true. You're a producer and an audio savant. Oh, perfect. Do, do, do. And if you want to support me, Andy. If they a broadcast and put Flo and me on the stage, they would see the only producer for me would be someone we'll call, say, bring us Jim, our friend. (laughs) Do, 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 do. To freeze frame. Exactly. It's just the three of us happily smiling <laughs> with our MP3. <laughs> our finished MP3 product. Um, so if you'd like to support me, Andy, and Jim, 
because uh, you are supporting a team here and the rest of us here at the Relay FM Network. You can go to relay.fm backslash material. That is our website on the material, the Relay FM Network. <laughs> and uh, you can sub- you can uh, support us. You can support us or you could just see who our advertisers are and support us that way, which we really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, Andy and I hope you have a great next seven days. We'll see you next week. Oh, my God.